Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning and welcome to Recruiting for Mamas. This episode is going to be called What It Takes. Um, My name is Jennifer Powers Johnson. I have a Division I athlete. His name is Jackson Light. He plays uh, football for Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. The reason why I'm putting this podcast together is because I am been in this process. I've been in this process for roughly, ooh, two years at this point. And when we were beginning the process, we really were looking desperately for information from everywhere. And there wasn't a lot of information about all the things required when you are going through the recruiting process. And so that's why I put this podcast together. I am certainly no expert. Most of what I'm telling you on these podcasts is just from my personal experience and what I've learned along the way. And by all means, there's probably additional information that needs to be talked about, but I'm just doing my part. Um, Okay, today's episode is called What It Takes, and we're going to break that down into three sections. One's going to be mental, the next one's going to be physical, and the third one's going to be character. And we're going to kind of break down with those three uh, different focuses what it takes in order to not only get recruited at the next level, but to essentially get that scholarship and move forward to be able to play at the next level past high school. So with that in mind, let's start with the mental. The first thing that needs to happen when you're dealing on the mental side of getting recruited is your athlete needs to want it more than you do. What? (laughs) So I'm going to say that again. Your athlete needs to want it more than you do. And we see this all the time. Um, Jackson's been playing organized sports since he was three or four years old. And that kind of goes through uh, t-ball and then it goes coach pitch, uh, baseball, and then it goes machine pitch baseball, and then it goes kid pitch baseball. And somewhere in there between uh, machine pitch and kid pitch, football kind of starts up. And actually here in Utah, you can have um, some your kid play football when they're seven or eight. And they're the most darling little football players on the planet. They're like these little bobbleheads. They're so cute. And it's so much fun at that point. Um, what we've seen through all those years, and at this point, Jackson is now 17 years old. He's finishing up his junior year of high school. Um, he'll be rolling into his senior year. Um, actually, the senior year kind of starts because of the pandemic um, on May 26th. And uh, and he'll begin working on those classes that he needs for a senior year. But what we've seen overwhelmingly is that there are tons of parents that have incredibly 
physically talented children and the children are not nearly in as invested in the sport as their parents are. Their parents will get very emotionally involved. They want what's best for their kid. But the truth of the matter is, if you're going to have an athlete that gets recruited at the next level, your athlete will need to want it more than you do. So when they're younger, that's pretty easy. You sit down um, as a father and son or as a family and you have a conversation with your child who's like totally into it or maybe you're watching the NFL on Sunday or a college basketball game or a college baseball game and your kid will say something along the lines of, oh, I'm going to do that when I grow up, right? And you go, oh, okay, because as parents, kind of our number one responsibility along with raising children and teaching them to be good people and all the other things involved is we want to find their talents and we want to develop their talents to the best of their abilities. That's as parenting what you're doing. You're developing your talents of your children. So with my other kids, they weren't necessarily athletes in any way, shape or form, but Jackson was an athlete. He had that's one of his talents. He had a natural ability of that. So when Jackson said to us at a very young age, I'm going to play, I'm going to play this sport in college, or I'm going to play this sport in high school, or I'm going to do that when I grow up. Um, we as parents were like, how can we support that goal? Right? So when I look at your athlete needs to want it more than you do, that's something that you need to check in all the time with when they're when they're young they want it more than you do and they don't know that it may not be possible kids have no idea what's possible and what's impossible and so if they have a dream then it's your job as a parent to go how do i make that how do i help them make that dream come true um when they get older in even elementary um, and puberty starts to take over at some point between elementary and junior high and into early high school, they will start to doubt themselves. They'll start to see kids who may be better than them. They will start to see um, other things to do other than sports. They may get interested in girls. And so this is something you need to be checking in all the time. Does your athlete want it more than you do at eight years old? Does your athlete want it more than you do at 12 years old? Does your athlete more want it more than you do at 14 years old? Um, so that's something we continue to check in with with Jackson all the time. And and there will time there were times along the way that he would say to us, um, let's say if he was really tired or hungry, uh, we, at our house, there are two different things that will make Jackson kind of say crazy nonsense. And it will be if he's extremely tired or if ex he's extremely hungry. And so if we feed him and he slept and he still believes what he believes, then we go, oh, okay, this might be a real thing. Um, but we were always checking in with him. And there would be days when he would say to us, I just want to be a normal kid, right? And we'd go, oh, okay. You want to be normal? You want to give up this, this, and this? And then he would eat and sleep and he'd be like, oh, never mind. I'd, we'd be like, are you sure? Do you, do you want to be a regular kid? And he'd be like, no, why do you say that back to me? Like, why are you saying that? Um... So that's our number one thing. Your athlete needs to want it more than you do. Number two, you need to believe in your athlete. Um, 
We run into this a lot of times too. We'll see somebody who's really good at a specific sport and all the coaches are super jazzed about that kid. The parents are super jazzed about that kid. The kid's excelling in whatever sport it is that they're working on, but their parents think that it's it's not an attainable goal. They've decided, oh, it's super hard to make it to the next level in that sport. My kid probably won't make it. And then they'll essentially kill the dream for their kid because they believe that it's unattainable. But if your kid has a dream, you as a parent, if you don't believe in your kid, then that makes it 1000% harder for your kid to achieve that dream. So my second item is you need to believe in your athlete. And that means buying into their dream as well. And that's going to require resources on your part. That's going to require sacrifice on your part. That uh, can mean if you, especially when you're talking about sports, that means we don't go on vacation unless it's a moratorium or like literally we can't do anything with sports at that time. So since Jackson was very young, uh, he... (laughs) He, we have one vacation week. It's during the 4th of July week when he was younger. It was like the third week of July was the only week that we could go on vacation. And then we had a break of a week at Christmas and that was it. And if we didn't schedule the vacations during that time, then he, he wasn't going on vacation. When Jackson was in his second year, first or second year of Little League, um, we had planned a vacation prior to knowing what the schedule was for Little League. And so it was really important for him to be at practice. And um, he felt it was important for him to be at practice. He didn't want to miss practice. So we actually made arrangements with the head coach of his little league football team and Jackson flew home on a plane at nine years old uh, by himself in order to get back to practice on time and practice with his team. Uh, another time he was playing when he, he played a little league baseball, um, his baseball team kept winning and winning and winning and, and we had a vacation planned. And so that meant that my husband James and Jackson stayed home until the end of the tournament. And we just never had figured that they would go that far in the tournament. They were playing in a state baseball tournament and they ended up taking something like third in state. Um, And Jackson and his dad had to fly down to our family vacation late um, and they nearly missed uh, Jackson's older brother's wedding because... uh, He's he had made a commitment to the team and the team was the most important and he was a third baseman at the time and a pretty big hitter and and he didn't want to let his team down. So you as parents, if your child has a dream and your this is important to your child, you need to act as if their dreams are important and you need to believe in your athlete. The next thing you need to have is you need to have a coach that believes in your athlete. We have been incredibly lucky uh, for years that coaches were able to see Jackson's natural ability and they were able to go, oh, this is a kid I believe in. And so Jackson um, always got a lot of extra coaching. Uh, Jackson usually got a lot of playing time. Um, When a coach believes in 
your athlete. They are, they are willing to develop your athlete. They are willing to talk to you about your athlete. They're willing to give you as parents feedback on what your athlete needs to work on. And so without those three things, I mean, that's half the battle right there is an athlete who wants it more than you want it. Parents who are willing to buy into that dream, both literally and figuratively and believe in their athlete and a coach that believes in your athlete. Um, so those are like the key three key ones of what it takes, but wait, there's more. Uh, the next thing is fourth item is winning isn't good enough. People win all the time. That's not good enough. So after every game that Jackson has literally played in his entire life, there is always this time where we get in the car after the game, whether we won or whether we lost, and we looked at how did the game go, what decisions were made during the game. We analyzed that game. And um, I would be lying to say that those conversations occasionally don't get incredibly heated. They haven't been heated for a few years now, but when he was younger, they would get heated, pretty heated. And the reason why they would get heated is it's not natural for children, especially if they are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, to look at the decisions they made during a game and take accountability for them. Uh, normally, they will try and justify the 17 reasons why they made a bad decision in a game. But they are, very rarely will they look at the decision and go, I blew it, I screwed up. Or in the alternative, that uh, Jackson used to be a catcher. And catchers when in baseball work probably harder than anyone else on any baseball team. And there would be times where we would be in a tournament and Jackson would be maybe catching his second or his third game of the day. We didn't have any other catcher. We had a, a second catcher, but he, like when the game's on the line, they're going to stick with Jackson on that. And there would be times when mentally he would be tired of going up and down and up and down because when you're a catcher you really are at like doing squats up on every almost every single pitch and there would be times when we would win but he had gotten lazy he'd taken plays off or he'd taken time off when he was catching and so uh very rarely would we let those go by without pointing that out hey we we noticed that in the fourth inning, you started to get lazy about that, or you let some balls pass that you shouldn't have let pass, etc. And so uh, those discussions would get heated as Jackson would start to make excuses about that. But we are not an excuse family. And so um, sometimes that would get a little heated. Or if we came out of a game where we knew Jackson had given maybe 80% of his effort and he had another 20% to give. And we would say, how much did you play at a hundred percent? Cause at our house, it, win or lose it, that isn't the most important thing. Uh, what's important is that you as an individual contributor gave it everything you had. And there'd be times where he'd say, I played at a hundred percent and both my husband and I would know, nope, there was way more in there that you didn't give. And, you know, when you're younger, you can't always marshal that. But if no one's ever pointing it out to you, and if you're not willing to have accountability about that, then, you know, 
it's really hard to move on to the next level. So winning isn't everything means you need to be willing to look for ways to improve even when you win. Um, Also, 100% attendance at practice isn't good enough. It's one thing to attend practice. It's a totally different thing to actually uh, give everything you have at practice. So once again, it's not we're not loafing around between practices, b- between drills. We are uh, we're at the ready. We are um, learning. We are pushing ourselves because not every coach is going to know that you have more to give, but you know if you have more to give. And so if your athlete knows they have more to give, they need to be self-sufficient in giving that more that they have to give. So you could go to every single practice, but that's not good enough. You need to be having a good practice as much as possible. Um, you need to be giving it 100%. You need to be pushing yourself to be better and 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 take on a bigger uh, role than maybe you have at the previous practice. You just need to be pushing yourself to get better and it needs to be a quality practice. The next thing you need is... Is your athlete coachable? So what we have found over the years is there's a ton of athletes that are simply not coachable. They get too emotionally riled up when they screw up. And if a coach wants to come over and put their arm around that kid and walk them through what happened and what we could do different next time, uh, there are a lot of kids that don't want to take that information. They're too upset. They're too... Um, angry about what happened, or we've also seen coach uh, seen kids who believe they know better than the coach, who have been told time and time again, if you'll do A, B, and C, then the results will be this, and they continue to not do A, B, and C because they believe they know better than the coaches. And then here's a massive warning as well. Um, Parents will oftentimes believe they know better than the coaches. And unless you um, were a Division I athlete or were a college athlete and are known for being perfect in your craft, you as parents can also always learn things as well. So being coachable not only as an athlete, but being coachable as a parent and not going in and overriding what your coaches um, have said to your kid is a really big deal. Um, What goes hand in hand with that, though, is occasionally you will get coaches who literally have no idea what they're talking about. They are well-intentioned. They uh, have passion for the game. They want to win. They want to push your athlete all the way as far as they can go, but they literally have no idea what they're talking about. And not everyone who played a sport is going to be a great coach. So if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have great coaching, you're going to have to, A, supplement that coaching from someone who is an expert in their field. I don't suggest you use a parent on that. I suggest you use a professional. And B, when it comes to joining that team the following year, if your coach isn't the real deal, then I would say at that point, you're going to want to relook at that commitment to being to that team and possibly go uh, somewhere where you think there's going to be better coaching. 
Um, we've only had a few times in Jackson's entire life, probably two to three coaches who knew absolutely no idea what they were doing. And those were very, very difficult periods of time. However, you learn so much about, uh, there's no such thing, thing as a bad experience when you look at the gift that that experience brings. So even when we had bad coaching, we learned very specifically what good coaching looks like, what the real deal looks like. And if you've always had the real deal, then you're not even sure necessarily um, what the real deal looks like. But if you haven't had the real deal and then you go to real deal coaching, you can see it immediately. It is night and day. Um, and then, you know, real coaching also requires, they'll require way more from your athlete than maybe your athlete's willing to give. And, um, so, you know, be careful what you you wish for on that. Uh, the next thing that I think is really important when it comes to the mental game is, is your athlete good under pressure? So, um, If you're an elite athlete, chances are you're going to be wherever you are in your geography and whatever sports you play, there'll be times when the team is really counting on you. Uh, There's two strikes, uh, your team has two outs, we're in the final inning, and they're going to be like, oh good, so-and-so's up to bat, and the game will be in your hand. Now, of course, in those situations, it's not like a million different things didn't happen or possibly went wrong in order to put the game in your hands, but it happens. And so does your athlete rise to the situation? Are they good under pressure? Do they prefer to be the one that everyone goes to when the game is on the line? Or would they rather not be that person? And that's okay if they're not that person. You could answer no to any of these questions and that's okay because that means, okay, maybe my kid has a different path in life. Maybe playing at the next level isn't the right goal for them. But if you have an athlete and you have all the other things and they're not good under pressure, then what am I doing to help my athlete be someone who... um embraces pressure versus runs away from it. And maybe that's counseling. And maybe that, I mean, there's a ton of sports psychology out there. I'd find a good sports psychologist and say, hey, this is the weakness in playing at the next level. Like, help us and get your athletes some help around that. Okay, so I think that, oh, we have one more point when it comes to the mental piece, which is it's very, very important if you've checked all the boxes in the rest of this mental game and you feel like you're ready and raring to go there, that you are in a constant state of goal setting and goal attainment, right? So it's not enough to hit one goal. You need to be hitting one goal and then you need to be setting another goal. And there needs to be three or four goals going on at the same time. And we're always pushing to achieve those goals. We're always setting new goals once we hit that because this is the process. Like this is when it starts. It doesn't start when you're a freshman in high school. It doesn't start when you're a senior in high school or junior in high school. It's something that you as a family and you as a uh, parents and an athlete have been working on for years. And then the, I would also say this, um, if your child got off the track and they uh, didn't necessarily 
keep on track and they there was a time in which they didn't want it. That's okay too. You can decide at any point that you want to go after your goals again and I encourage you to do it because, you know, nothing nothing makes kids happier than working on something, than working towards something. It's not even necessarily the getting the goal. Getting the goal is great. It's the process of getting the goal that you need to be in love with as well. It's the journey. I sound like a self-help book, but there you go. All right, let's move on to the second kind of area of focus, which is physicality. Um, Here are the things that you need to have when it comes to playing at the next level. Um, We're going to make the assumption that if you're even listening to this podcast, your kid has some sort of natural ability. Um, It's really, really difficult to play at the next level unless you have some sort of natural ability and talent. But then everything that goes with that natural ability and and talent is is extremely important as well. So when I talk about that, I generally say people be like, oh my gosh, poor Jackson, does he have any time? He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of time. A typical day for him uh, when we're not in the pandemic is 5.30 wake up, protein shake, drive down to the high school, be at the high school for weights that starts at six. Jackson's a little OCD when it comes to time. And so he likes to be the first person at the building. It drives him crazy if he's not the first person at the building. And then there's weights and then there, and he's doing weights every day. Or uh, on the one day off a week that they don't do weights, they're generally on Wednesday mornings, they would be And again, this is not in pandemic. They would be going over plays and running drills and start working on uh, the season way prior to the season. Um, Then it would be school all day. And then after school, there would be um, some sort of additional sports. So sometimes that is, like if you're in season, that's practice. And that's practice from three to five. And then after five o'clock and after he's had a hard practice, then he's going to go to recovery. And we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But and then he comes home and he does homework and then he's got to be at bed. And that happens every day. Um, So he has maybe one night a week during uh, the season in which he could go out on a date. Uh, that would probably be Saturday night, uh, and that's it. Um, and that really depends on what else is going on. And then in off season, it's very, very similar. He's doing something every moment of every day, and because again, he, there's connectiveness. He wants to be able to reach his goal, and so we as parents. Um, have signed on to be his life support team. And so it's our job to make sure that everything he needs in order to keep progressing to that goal is happening. So what does that include? Number one, weights. Weights, weights, weights. I cannot stress this enough. It's amazing to me how many high school programs um, are lackluster when it comes to the weight department. You need to be strong. And again, we're super, super lucky when uh, Jackson was going into ninth grade. In his eighth grade year, he was wrestling with a club team, and the high school wrestling coach was at uh, coming in with the high school wrestling program to watch the state meet. And Jackson was in a match in which the high school wrestling coach watched Jackson uh, go in this match. And and 
uh, he won one of them and he ended up losing another one, but he gave it everything he had. And the high school wrestling coach was extremely impressed. And he took Jackson aside when he was in eighth grade. And he said to him, I'm going to tell the high school football coach about you. And I expect you to be at weights first thing Monday morning. And first thing Monday morning meant 5.30 Monday morning when he was in eighth grade. And so bright and early Monday morning, he went in and met that coach at the high school and Coach Kerr took him under his wing and they started lifting with him. Now Jackson was in the second half of his eighth grade year. Lifting doesn't get over in uh, Draper until about 7.30 in the morning, 7.45. Well, junior high started at 7.30. So we as parents needed to, to go into the junior high, explain what was happening and that he was getting this opportunity and that he would be 10 to 15 minutes late for the remainder of the year um, in order to do weightlifting. And the junior high was awesome. They totally worked with us. And they just knew. And Jackson knew that that meant for all of his classes, he needed to really be on his homework or he would lose um, this opportunity. So I cannot stress weights enough. Weights, weights, weights. Uh, the second thing is speed and agility. All players of football or basketball or baseball should be working on their speed and agility. And there are various different programs out there in order to do that. And I'm going to go over some of the programs that we personally have used um, once I go through the list. But you should be working daily and weekly on your speed and agility. And um, with that, if you have a specific goal, all especially in football, you can look at the running times, the height requirements, the weight lifting requirements, all of those of the NFL athletes and of college athletes. They uh, generally will put that information out. And if they, if you don't know that, your speed and agility agility guy should absolutely know that. So if he doesn't know that, then he's not the right speed and agility guy for you. And then you as an athlete should be working towards those lifting goals, towards those speed and agility goals, the moment you start working on your speed and agility. You should also be going to position-specific coaching. And so uh, Jackson does that as well in various different forms. Um, he, again, we... Your position is always going to have a certain sort of specialty. And so the moment we were able to locate and find position-specific coaching, then especially in the off-season when you're not seeing your position coaches normally, you need to be going to that kind of coaching so that they can be working on your technique, so they can be working on... Uh, your situational awareness, they can be working on your different, uh, the different things that happen in a game that you need to be prepared for. So that's skills training. You need to be working on position specific skills training. Um, Also, you need to be training with the best. If there's a way to train with the best, you need to be training with the best. And so sometimes that looks like uh, if you're in Little League, finding the best 
position of that at the high school and seeing if you can make arrangements with a high school player. Sometimes that looks like uh, there's a college level player and he lives in my general area. I'm going to reach out to that college player and see if I'm willing, if he's willing to train me as well. And then sometimes that is former pro athletes who have settled in your committee community and they are willing to train you as well. Uh, the next thing is you need to be using all your resources. So um, if you have resources in your community, make sure you're reaching out to those and talking to those and, and seeing what they can do to help you on your game. That's super important. The next thing, and this is the thing we probably have the hardest time with at our house sometimes, depending on what's going on, is sleep. Sleep is by far the number one thing you can do to help your body recover from the stresses of practicing and the stresses of playing. So sleep, 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 sleep. We have always been incredibly strict about that. When Jackson was younger, we would go on baseball tournaments and we would uh, be at a hotel with all the team and all the kids would want to go swimming and they would all be up until 10 or 11 o'clock and playing pranks on each other and having a great time and being regular kids. And this is one of those regular kid moments. Jackson, we knew he had a game in the morning, had to be in bed no later than nine o'clock. He had to have his full sleep. So while everyone else was running around and having fun and playing in the pool, Jackson was asleep in his room because that's important. He needs sleep in order to be able to perform. And uh, you can tell the kids that got a good night's sleep and the kids who didn't get a good night's sleep. Same in high school. Um, on Thursday night, so every high school has kind of a cadence that they go through or a schedule that they go through for the week in which Mondays it's a full practice, Tuesdays it's a full practice, uh, Wednesday it's a full maybe a part practice or a full practice. Thursday, it's walkthroughs with helmets. Thursday night, you they should be going to like a booster dinner. The boosters feed them. There should be film. Uh, there should be um, strategy. There should be team meetings, etc. And then on Thursday night, you need to be asleep because Friday night, you're going to be playing. So Jackson's always in bed by no later than uh, 9.30 the night before a game because it's really, really important. Um, and so sleep is always like a really big, big deal over here. Uh, the next one is uh, in sickness and in health, which sounds like a wedding vow, but it's not. Um, so... <laughs> Players have to play through injuries, depending on what the injury is. And so we first kind of got acquainted with this when Jackson was in Little League. Um, he was very fortunate to start his Little League career with um, a coach by the name of Sean Hagen. And and Sean ran a pretty tight ship. And we like that about Sean. He's very disciplined and we're pretty dis we run a pretty tight ship over here too. And so uh, Jackson actually had uh, a pair of tonsils that was constantly infected. He got strep throat probably four times in one season. And 
But, you know, it's football. We want to win. And so what that consisted of is me actually keeping Jackson home for school, going into the school, getting his homework, getting him all set and prepared. And then on Saturday, he would have slept all week, done homework, stayed home. And then Saturday, he went in with strep throat and played that game. And he played four games that year with strep throat. And they won all those games. Now, I'm not saying they won them because of Jackson. I'm just saying the team and the bigger goal was way more important than do you feel well or do you not feel well. Um, from his, at the end of his sophomore school year, he was in a practice and he landed on his thumb in a very difficult manner and ripped ligaments off of his thumb. It's called actually gatekeeper's thumb or skier's thumb. And we uh, took him to a hand specialist and the hand specialist said, oh, we need to do surgery right away. And uh, if we had done surgery right away, that would essentially have put him out for anywhere from six to eight weeks. And he would have missed the first half of his high school season. So once again, we made the decision with him, and this was really important to him, he didn't want to miss any any time during his junior year. So Jackson was willing to forego that surgery until after the end of the season, and they ended up going undefeated, and they ended up uh, winning the 6A state championship. And am I saying Jackson's 100% responsible? No, absolutely not. Once again, it's a team sport. But him contributing to his team was way more important than him having a surgery. So he played that entire year with a thumb that wasn't completely attached. And he had to have it taped. And he had to do all these things for it. But it was worth it to him. So kind of the physical and sickness and health, do I suggest that you are always playing through injury? Absolutely not. There's some things that you should not be playing through and you should be getting taken care of right away. But if it is something, like once again, to make it to the next level, you need to be someone who's willing to have a certain amount of pain or have a certain amount of uh, adversity phys- physically and still be able to move forward and play. You need It's a toughness factor. Um... Okay, also a quick note on equipment. Uh, In Little League, they don't always have the best helmets, and so we made a decision as a family that Jackson's head was pretty important to us, and so we went out and bought our own helmet in order to protect his head, and that was an incredibly valuable thing for us moving forward. We're lucky that he's not in a position to actually get a lot of concussions, Uh, and so you know, we wanted him to have the best possible protection for his head. And then the other thing is, is now he's a lineman. And so lineman, uh, a lot of times, um, will have people cut their legs as a part of a strategy for a play. And so we found after his freshman year that it was incredibly important for him to be braced up so that his legs had that extra layer of protection. And so we went out and went to the proper brace place and had him custom fitted for uh, braces for his legs. And those have been completely worth every penny. Um, Because what we're trying to do in that case is uh, keep him injury free and, 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 and they would be great. 
that's great for him. Now, the other thing is, is if you have protective gear, a lot of times we will go to train trainings or uh, one-on-one competitions, and there will be linemen there that would normally have their leg braces on, and they don't have them on. And we've always insisted that Jackson have his leg braces on because you practice how you play. And so he should not be ever in a situation where he's practicing, where suddenly there's new equipment that he's not used to or not, his body's not used to when he plays. Um, and then recovery. Recovery is incredibly uh, important too. And part of that sleep and the other part is making sure that you are stretching, making sure that you are hydrated, making sure that your body has the most that it can possibly have in order to uh, repair from games. Games are incredibly taxing and so are practices. And so we use various different services in order to make sure Jackson is recovering. So that could be um, a massage. We use Massage Envy. There are times where, where he needs a sports massage, so he goes into sports uh to massage and food for that. We also use a place called Recharge. It's here locally in Draper, and they do compression. They do uh, freezing cold tubs and hot tubs and different things that are required in order to get your muscles um, restored after you or recharged after you have played in a big game. We also use a service here locally called Restore, um, and we came to um, sign up for their service as well. Last year in a game, Jackson in the state playoffs had a certain game in which he played everything but special teams. He played every single down of offense, and he played, I would say, 98% of every down of defense. And by the time that, number one, his teammates were awesome. When he was on defense, he would make a play and then his teammates would pick him up and say, you can do it, Jackson, you can do it. And he literally, by the end of that game, had nothing left. He could barely walk. Uh, He was in tears just from total and complete exhaustion. Uh, He was cramping. He was almost delirious. And um, so what we did is we took him into a place here locally called Restore. And they uh, hooked him up to an IV and fed him a ton of vitamins through an IV. And it made, it was night and day difference when he walked in versus when he walked out. And so if you have particular games that are going to be difficult, sometimes you can decide I'm going to, you know, rehydrate ahead of time. Um, Sometimes you're going to need to go see a place like that where you can, because it's really, really hard to drink all the water that your body needs and all the nutrients that your body needs after the fact. And so you may want to have a service that you can go in and get an IV from. Um, okay. And then the, uh, the last thing before I talk about some of the local vendors that we use here, just so my Utah people know where they can look, um, is, uh, um, verifiables. Okay. When we're talking about physicality as well, um, a lot of times you will be, uh, they'll have times out there for you and people say he runs up four of uh, 4.540 right and 
so though that's not necessarily true unless it's verifiable. So when you're talking about times when it comes to running, they need to be laser. They need to be laser timed. If it's not laser timed, it's not a time. Okay, so be aware of that. Your height, your weight, all your measurables have to be verifiable. So it can't be something you guys just decided in your house. You need those things need to be verified by either one of the camps or one of the local colleges so that they know that this is true. He got on our scale. We measured him at our NFL approved place. He ran a laser timed this, that, and the other thing. And when you go to the combines or the camps, uh, you you will be able to get those verifiable times. So I always caution parents about that because parents always tend to think their kids are way faster than they are or way taller than they are or way more than they do. And when you're when coaches are looking, they want those things to all be verifiable. And then the other thing is if you are going to a camp or you're going to a combine, make sure that you're prepared for what is going to happen at that camp or combine. And then the last thing when it comes to the physicality of it is all this is great. All this prep is great, but when push comes to shove, your athlete needs to be able to perform. Uh, performance. Like that has to be there. Okay, I'm going to list off some of the local resources that we use for Jackson when it comes to the physical part. Um, he trains his original um, trainer what is a place called MVP Sports Science. Uh, they have, they're very, very particular about who they take. They don't just sign everybody up and everybody can come in and do that. They're the upside about them as well as there are no contracts, but they are looking for a very specific athlete and the athlete has to be very focused and the athlete has to have goals. And so in order to train at MVP Sports Science, you're going to have to go through an interview process and you're going to have to bring your parent, at least one parent with you to that interview process. So I cannot say enough about those guys. They are fantastic. We have loved every minute of working with them, and I would definitely highly recommend MVP Sports Science. They're actually located in Holiday, Utah, and generally you can get a hold of them through direct message on Instagram or through the comments on Instagram, but they don't pick up everyone. Um, we've also worked with Tosh. Tosh does pick up everyone. I encourage you, if you are going to Tosh, to get a group together from whatever high school you're playing with and use Tosh kind of in a group setting because what's great about that is you can take like all the O-line or you can take a bunch of kids from your high school team and it's they really push you as a group there. I know MVP also does groups, but um, I'm not totally sure how to schedule that. But Tosh is great for groups, and it's also when you bring in a group, it tends to be you are buying like a, a block of training, but there's a lot, there's a flexibility in when you use that. Um, we also, Jackson also trains with OFA, which is an O-line, D-line specific training group that's located here in Utah. It's O-F-F-A. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, I think you can find them on Instagram as well, but I mean, the best position coach, 
coaching in Utah by far, I would say, is OFA. And they tend to get elite kids in there. And so there's kind of the O-line, D-line training part of that. They also have a seven-on-seven team uh, that they sponsor. And that those teams travel to various different locations as a group. Um, so big fan of OFA. And they also do underclassmen as well. So if you've got like 7th, 8th graders that are coming in, that would be a great opportunity for them. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Ross Apo, A-P-O, that trains uh, wide receivers. Uh, I think he trains running backs as well. There's a place called Quarterback Elite. Um, they train quarterback athlete, quarterbacks as well. And then we talked about... Uh, Recharge is here local in Draper. There's a pl- the place we get the IVs is a place called Restore. It's in Draper. Massage Envy, that's all over the place. And then Jackson also has a membership at Treehouse Gym in order to get be able to get a hold of weights if for some reason he can't get into the high school to get into weights. Okay, we're going to wrap this episode up with a couple of different things regarding character. And then I know we're already at 47 minutes. So this is a a really long thing. In order to make it to the next level, you have to have a kid who doesn't get in trouble. And that means no fighting. That means no contact with law enforcement. That means making decisions where they don't put themselves in situations where they can be guilty by association. So no trouble. Uh, you need to have an athlete that keeps their commitments. So there's no quitting the team halfway through because I don't like the coach and I don't like the position I'm playing or how much playing time I get. There's no quitting. You keep your commitments. Even if that is just for the season, you keep your commitments. You want an athlete that has gratitude, knows how to say thank you, knows how to say please, knows how to acknowledge the people who help them. There should never be a situation where your athlete leaves a situation where they've been training with someone that they don't, on their own, find the people that made an impact in that training and uh, tell them thank you. I forgot someone else on the list of people that we use. Mountain West. Mountain West is also one that we use for Saturday trainings. Okay, so back to character stuff. Keeps commitment, has gratitude. Um, it's important if you, if you want to develop a leader that they take leadership roles. They take on that leadership role. And that can be difficult when they're younger because everybody thinks they're in charge. But be, be an example. Do the right thing. Uh, do take the extra mile. This should, your athlete should also be someone who mentors, someone who Jackson absolutely loves being at the high school and having the little league kids come in for camp and mentoring the little league kids. It is his most favorite. He loves those kids and developing them is a huge deal for him. And so, you know, mentorship and giving back to the community is a giant deal. Um, You and your athlete should have a good relationship. Your athlete should be able to tell you anything, even the hard stuff. So if your child has made the decision that they no longer want the same goal, that's a relationship thing. They need to be able to come and tell you that they want that goal. Or if they've decided they want to go further in something, they need to be able to come and talk to you about that so that you guys can have a workshop and decide what needs to be done. Um... This is a big one for me. Your athlete should absolutely know how to hold conversations with adults. We have never, ever, ever 
uh, went and had a conversation with an adult on behalf of Jackson. Jackson, since he was a little kid, has his conversations with adults himself. We will role play with him. We will walk him through how to have the conversation, but Jackson has his own conversations. We don't helicopter parent that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, really, really big deal there. And it'll serve him for his entire life if your athlete knows how to have conversations with adults. The next thing is, is your athlete needs to be willing to take, be accountable. So even if you won the game, so last year, um, our first game of the year, or second game of the first game of the year was against Orm High School. Orm High School has a really, really good team. And although we prepped very well for that, Jackson had just spent the entire summer talking to colleges all over the country and being told how wonderful he was. And that can be poison because if you believe your own hype, you know, that's not good. And so although Jackson had an okay game against Orm, in our eyes and in the coach's eyes, he had a horrible game against Orem. He didn't look for extra work. He uh, wasn't a great leader in that game. And Jackson's been a, this will, he's been a two-year team captain. Like you can't have your team captains not willing to be accountable. And that was giant for him. Going into film the next day, having his coach absolutely point out all the ways in which he did not have a great game and and instead of letting that define the rest of his season he took that he was accountable and then he made a resolve within himself to never let that happen again and it was painful for him I mean he carried that around for a while and you know that teaches us something he learned from that so your athlete has to be willing to be accountable, and then your athlete also needs to be able to apologize. And the first story I think about relative to this is um, when Jackson was a little kid, he was playing on a travel baseball team, and we were playing against a pretty good team in St. George, Utah, and Jackson decided on his own free will and accord to shake off a call from the third base line shake off a a batting signal and he shook it off and they ended up hitting a massive triple and everybody came in and the crowd was super jazzed about it and James my husband was on fire and his coach was on fire because it doesn't matter if you hit a triple if you Uh, shake off a sign. It's disrespectful. It's not okay. It's not accountable. And so after that game, oh man, that was a big conversation. We had a big conversation there. And at the end of that conversation, a very young, I think he was nine or 10, Jackson got tearfully on the phone and called his coach and was willing to apologize. And he did apologize. And those are character lessons in the making. Um, yeah, poor buddy, but it was so good for him. Like you wish your kids never made mistakes, but when they do, it's such an opportunity. It's just such an opportunity. So again, your athlete needs to be willing to be accountable and he needs to be willing to apologize. Not even, even if it's really, really hard. And then the last thing, and we'll wrap this, um, specific episode up is 
I believe that in order to play at the next level, you as a family need to have a mantra. You need to have a guiding principle. And once again, you'll hear it from me. Our guiding principle is just do the next right thing, one thing at a time, and it will take you all the way home. Okay, guys, this is the end of That's What It Takes. We covered all the mental side, we covered all the physical side, and we covered the character side. Let me know, as always, if you have any questions. These episodes are available both on Anchor and on Spotify. Thanks. Until next time.